from Los Angeles, California. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. This is a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. This podcast contains strong language and is intended for mature audiences. It is for entertainment purposes only. Enjoy. 2,000 years ago, the average Roman had a life expectancy of 22 years. By 1900, the average American life expectancy was about 50, but with the advancements in medicine, healthcare, and technology, in 2015, it takes us almost 80 years to get to where our bodies used to burn out at age 50. So how do we make those extra years worth it? How do we take the potential crisis of aging and turn it into an opportunity? Our guests are two strong, insightful women who shared a lot of knowledge on the subject of aging gracefully, and it was obvious they're living it every day. And I'm not going to candy coat it. This episode has a lot of estrogen in it. But because women begin to increasingly outnumber men around the age of 30, today there are 128 women to every 100 men over 65, increasing to 196 women for every 100 men by age 80. So because of this, I can't help but think even our male listeners might find this conversation useful. Okay, thanks for joining us. Vamanos. Everything comes and goes Marked by lovers and styles of clothes Things that you held high and told yourself were true Yeah, of course. Okay, so uh, welcome back, podcast listeners. Uh, thank you for tuning in. This is The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny. I'm Miss Jenny. And I'm Dr. Wendy. And joining us today, photographer Starla Fortunato. Hi, Starla. Hi there. And brand style strategist, Sybil. Good morning. Hi, everyone. Would you call yourself a brand style strategist, which is one of the things I saw on your website, or a stylist? How, how might people understand what you do? That's a good question, uh, because I'm a bit of a hybrid. I, I definitely love the branding piece, because I think the brand is basically how we show up. Um, it's what we're remembered for, and it's the way we attract. And the style is the outside embodiment of us. It's the clothing piece, but as we know, or maybe you don't, but I know, and I love to talk about, it's about so much more than clothes. And, and so, um, and I, I'm not about fashion. I think fashion is, I like, fashion is foolish. Um, style is the expression of who you are as an individual. It's your individual thumbprint. If we're wearing the same outfit, how we accessorize it and pull it together and the energy we walk into the room, we make it our own. And then the strategy of it all, the strategy of how it comes together, the strategy of how to do it consistently, um, the strategy of finding the right pieces that really speak to the highest of who you are. So that's where those three pieces come together, brand plus style equals strategy. And Starlet, you are a photographer and you do all kinds of photography. What is your, what is your primary genre or area and how how broad does it go for you your work that's a really good question thank you jenny um i specialize in entertainment photography people that need to get their best image out there for media pr campaigns then i take that to the branding side of my business for business both large and small business 
And that is the base of my business. Basically, people and making their best images possible. And how long have you both been doing what you're doing now? Well, I have a 25 plus career from corporate in the apparel industry. And then I segue that into the current business that I'm in, the style concierge. So, so much of, of where I come from and working with businesswomen, many businesswomen I work with have come from corporate as well and are now in their own business or working with people in small businesses. So I really come at it from that angle of that background. I started the Style Concierge. I launched it in March of 2011. So just to let you all know, listeners, uh, you can find Sybil at her website, which is www.thestyleconcierge.com. She's also on Twitter at Sybil Henry, and she's got Facebook connections and a blog and YouTube. You can find that all through her website and a Pinterest page. But we'll repeat it all at the end, but just uh, so we're all on the same page to begin with, if you want to check that out while you're listening. And we can find Starla uh, at StarlaFortunato.com and get a look at your portfolio. And also her Twitter is StarlaFortunato. Uh, you can find her on Facebook, and you're both on YouTube. I also saw you shoot some book covers as well, and you can just see all the variety of things that they're doing. So, Starla, to continue with what I asked before, how long have you been doing this, and how did you get into it? I've been making photos professionally for almost 20 years, but I've been taking pictures all my life since I was nine years old. And before that, I was obsessed with coloring books, making pictures at three, four, five years old. So I've been obsessed with a beautiful picture my whole entire life. So you have an artistic soul. I have an artistic soul, but I really wasn't permitted to be a professional artist until I hit my 30s and realized I have had way too many jobs for one person. And I have helped way too many people help their dreams come true. Uh, what does my dream look like? And that's when I discovered I am an artist and I do need to study photography professionally. So I went back to school because it's, it's very technical. So I had the pretty picture part down, but I didn't have the technical side of it. You just said something that's really interesting and I think maybe we'll come back to this in our conversation today, which is on our relationship to aging and how do we age gracefully and is it possible? But you just said that you didn't have permission before. So who gave you permission? Where did you find permission to tap into that part of yourself? That is actually, you're, you are too much. Go, Jenny. Oh, Jenny. <laughs> oh, my Jenny. girl is good. I, I, I think it's oh, we just started. Because, We're right? just warming oh, up. Right, Wendy? Because like, people are going to be listening and being like, I've had this urge inside, and where do I get that? Because I think a lot of people feel that, you know, whether it's from up. outside messages, social messages. Like so. your soul woke up. I hear a lot of people say that. You know, when you pop off with meaning and purpose and passion. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yeah, yeah, meeting purpose and passion is really important, but you also need your 10,000 hours to back that up, guys, you know, and that's what was stopping me. One of the things that stopped me was I was never the best artist in my class. There was always someone better. Mm -hmm. So I thought, well, you have to be the best in the class to be that to do that as a career. So, uh-uh, you can't do that. And but what happened was the artist just pushed out ahead of me. I had 
quit smoking. I had a very sobering experience. And in that sober moment, I heard, Starla, you're a professional photographer. And, and that was my soul speaking to me. And my soul, which was, was a beautiful thing to hear at 33 years old. And I said, oh, no way. <laughs> you're crazy, soul. That's not going to happen. I didn't call it soul. I said, first of all, what the hell was that? And no, that's not happening. And then I said, and then I heard it again, you are a professional photographer. And it just so happened that I was in a dark room processing photos for another free project that I was doing for someone that I really enjoyed doing. But I thought, wow, I guess I can get paid for this. People are looking for me. But it was always on the side of working for someone else. So I was going to school. I was studying the camera that I was working with because we, um, there was a new technical development in the cameras between the 90s and the early 2000s. So I had to go back to school to kind of understand it. So that was it. It, just, it was a divine moment to keep it. Sorry, such a long, drawn-out answer, but I had a divine moment. And I think when we have those divine moments, it feels right. Um, then we ask ourselves, how do we back that up? What do we have to do? And I just started journaling about it and studying and just committed. I committed. That's what I did. And I love what you said about I was the assistant and then you kind of moved to the front. And I think that that is a really important thing. When we talk about passive or active kind of goals or things that happen in our life, I always talk about when I studied dancing, I never wanted the limelight. So I would always just dance in the back of the room and the dance teacher, the choreographer, would pull me up in front. And he would say, you know, I want you to stay in front. And I, okay, thank you so much. And I would, little by little, I wasn't, you know, the petite ones or I couldn't jump as high or, you know, I was a little bit more full figured. So I just, you know, just went back to the back of the room and he pulled me back up to the front of the room and he started saying, I want you to teach classes and they put me on scholarships. So I, there was something in, wait a minute, if all these people see beautiful things about you or there's a message from God or the universe or your, your soul or Buddha, whatever you believe, you know, really pay attention to that. And I do think it's an active moment where you allow yourself to step to the front. Not, not just, um, if you wanna be an assistant, that's fine, um, but also know that there's an option to be the leader of your company, to be in charge. So, Sybil, you were in the corporate world, right? Yes. So how'd you get from the corporate world and then just jump into style concierge? <laughs> how'd you do that? Well, you know, it's so funny what we're saying. It's all interrelated because I was thinking as you were speaking about a life well lived. And I think a life well lived is looking back and knowing that not only did I hear the whisper, but I took it seriously enough at some point and I, I answered the call. And just like Starla, just like you, just like many people, especially for women, um, we're, we're givers, we work so hard and, and we're building someone else's legacy. And I did the same. And, and in my corporate life, I had wonderful experiences with amazing people, but there was a time when it was time, but I, yet I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I, I listened to a show, Malcolm Gladwell was being interviewed, and I kept asking, I would pray every morning, what is my next step? And I heard him talking about the 10,000 hours, he was promoting that book, yeah. and I thought, 10,000 hours? It's style for me, but it was shopping at the time. I knew I had shopped all over the world and logged way more than 10,000 hours. 
And you told me as a teenager <laughs> that you did this for, uh, as a teenager, this was just life. natural and Yeah, going out to parties with my friends in high school, we'd gather in my closet and I'd be giving people outfits and like, hey, let's look at this on you. So something you were already doing naturally, yes. you hadn't really considered was something you could make a living at or maybe were afraid to put all those eggs in one basket or it sounds like it was something you loved and naturally did. Yeah, I was making clothes for myself. I was sitting with the only light on in the house at 2 a.m. sewing at 7, you know, wow. making a pair of pants to wear for free dress the next day because I wore a <laughs> uniform to school. So, so those early seeds of our real gifts are there for all of us. But when you, when you take your passion and combine it with your gift, that's when it's not work. And so I had this gift for style and it's a passion. I want to wake up every morning and do it. And so I never feel like I'm working. And then one day it just came to me. It's style. I want to share the best of everything because I don't have all the answers, but I want to be almost like a guide to whatever it is internally for you that needs to come forward. And that's how the concierge word came to me. And then I put it together, the style concierge, and that's what I want to be for people. And that's how my business came. But it was listening to the whisper and answering it and just taking the deep breath and stepping into the dark and being certain with faith that the light will be seen. Risk. Calculated in many ways because you have a lifetime of of knowing that the seeds are there right it's the, a gift. yeah you're, you're talking about something that's based in your experience and even though there's something very ethereal about the voice coming from inside of us um, the permission from your soul right listening to your own drive it's also the 10,000 hours it's also the hard work there's also the commitment that you mentioned Starla that makes it come to fruition it's not just an impulsive thing like if you're an impulsive person that could be but the dream jenny you know you and i always talk about it even if you can't see the outcome it doesn't matter about the outcome you have to listen to your heart mm -hmm. and you have to believe in possibility that it might look different than what you thought it was going to be and that's not your job marianne williamson talks a lot about that not talking about outcome not thinking about the agenda but really paying attention to your heart and jumping. And even if what I call the audience, the naysayers, people who are judgmental, people who, who are negative, who say, oh, it can't happen. Oh, what are you doing? Are you serious? Blah, blah, blah. You know, have love for them because maybe they can't see it. Maybe they didn't dream as a child or maybe they don't know how to dream. Or, or they're afraid of it. Oh, well. Made so time. many people afraid of success. Fear. Yeah. So you stay safe in control. And that's fine. That's fine if people want to do it. But if you at least try something and you fail, okay, at least you tried it. So in this path, you look on your journey and you say, okay, I've tried three times to start my own wine company, right? You were telling me about these successful people that went to drink. What was it? Oh, my friends who own uh, Sweets or Cellars. And it's a secondary career for them. They're these brilliant intellectuals and they were just so passionate about wine and decided to learn about it and start making it and they started making it making it in their own homes and now let me see it's like god almost eight years later they are being sold in different high-end hotels and little boutique places and very limited high quality 
product. But the dream, here it is, and you know they're successful and they're doing their career, but on their radar, they have a little sparkle of possibility of something else, and they just decided to do action. So one thing right. is the dreaming, but part two is the action. You have to, what I call, you know, even if you don't play golf, you gotta follow through. Part of the swing is great, to where you get the ball, but the other part is the second part, which is huge, is the follow through. Right, you can, you can nail the form, but if you don't do the follow through, yeah. And not being attached to the outcome, because I think, like, I could think about some things I've done and, and say it was a failure. I remember my first foray into business was, you know, when you go and get your hair done at a salon, well, I didn't like the, the feeling of, of the hard fabric of these gowns, or and they just didn't feel luxurious so I manufactured beautiful ones that were just luxurious when you put them on and I thought that's what I want to bring to the market and so I did and then after I got a few accounts and it happened very quickly I thought I don't like getting up in the morning and doing this and so it was a dream it was a niche it was the action but then I could say well it's not what I want how I want to spend the next 20 years so I just said Thank you, thank you for the experience, and I'm no longer manufacturing these. And then I got out. You know, I have teenagers and young adults that I call, they, they're hopscotching. So they feel out something of interest, and then they go to another one. And then they feel it out, uh, I'm not interested, I'm going to go to another one. And they'll come in to therapy with panic attacks and say, isn't that bad, isn't that wrong, I'm, I'm all over the place. And I say, you know what, keep doing that because eventually you're going to stop hopscotching and stop jumping and when something really resonates where you want to commit it with your heart and your soul it's it's all going to be fine so just allow yourself to do it because if you suppress it and and think no this is you know society says you must commit to one thing for the rest of your life that's like a jail sentence instead of like a dream and the beautiful thing in this room is uh, we all are doing what we love and the money comes secondary. This could be useful. And imagine if if you don't try, I think when you try it, it gets you closer to what you're supposed to be doing. And if I had not tried that, I would be, it would become bigger, I think, in my mind. I would have been the best rope maker in the <laughs> world. Right, which is why that. some people don't try, because it makes it easier, because you can sit back and talk about how you would have been so great at it. Oh, yes. And I mean, those, those people are people who sit in a lot of regret and bitterness, generally, and sadness. And spirituality, I think, is really important, whether you're religious or spiritual or something. I think it's important to stay open. Some people call it a higher power. It's important to, to just sit still, whether you meditate or whether you read or connect with nature, to just calm down and know that if you sit still enough and you really pay attention to listening, uh, for some, it's the whisper. For some, it's God. For other people, you know, it's it's a, a experience. I am jumping out of my skin because I'm so blessed and grateful that these beautiful women are here today um, because of how they came into my life. And so I just want to share just a little bit. Please. Uh, I had a dear friend who's a therapist who had beautiful pictures. And I couldn't believe it. I said, oh, my God, these are, these are gorgeous. And she said, well, you know, you can take pictures. She's this wonderful photographer. And, you know, she does celebrities, but she also, like, does people like us. And 
is it okay okay well that's great eh, i don't know maybe she's too fancy maybe she's too busy oh you know maybe she's traveling the world and my friend said just just call her and check it out so i didn't even look at her website i didn't look at anything i just like shot her an email and introduced myself to starla then starla immediately got back to me and then I looked at her website and I said, oh my God, I'm glad I didn't see your website before I contacted you. Just because you do all these glamorous celebrities and the average person might think, oh, if I'm not a celebrity, am I good enough? Am I pretty enough? Am I handsome enough? Uh, is it possible? Would the money be worked out okay? A lot of people stop and, and have these myths that, that hold them hostage they just they don't check it out and again then my dreamer part said anything is possible just you know just check it out and um, I met Starla and before the shoot I said okay now my friend said you do a little styling and she said yeah but and this is where my other guardian angel came in she said, you really should meet Sybil. Sybil is wonderful. She's the stylist. So the fearful part of me flared up and said, oh, she's going to be really expensive and she does celebrities and I'm, you know, I just, I'm a therapist and, you know, like maybe, I don't know. And I thought, you know, let me check it out. Anything is possible. Took a deep breath and I called Sybil and um, it was magical when Sybil and I met. I mean, she, it was just the most beautiful day. It was just cherishing and loving and I wish I could just, I wish we had a camera all day. She picked me up and I hate shopping by the way. I absolutely just don't like shopping. What is it about shopping that you don't like? Uh, it's just uh, tedious. It's like work to me and I don't really care to be honest. Like I don't really, you know, I like to be comfortable and if I could, I'd wear jeans and Adidas all day. I'd like to look pretty, but at the same time, I just, I'm impatient at times. And so I don't want to sit and try on things and I don't really know what looks right on me. I, I know I like colors, but Sybil, like literally the red carpet treatment, I just felt cherished the whole day and I needed to relinquish my control because I'm so used to taking care of everyone that I couldn't believe here's this beautiful woman who is like totally just taking care of everything I, I literally didn't pick up my hand all day nothing she wouldn't let me you wouldn't let me do anything and um, it was hard it was really hard but the whole day was like amazing and watching you work Sybil was just so natural you were in your element you were just you know, your heart and your soul, you would, you just look so happy. And it was so foreign to me that someone could go shopping and it could just be so simple and so fun. And, oh, I mean, I was just laughing at how fun you were having. Cause I just, I don't have that experience, but we shopped all day and you found some beautiful pieces for me and, um, didn't, wasn't it a beautiful, it was so be I mean, and that's when you're in your gift and your passion, that's what happens. Then you can't help but share the love. And, and just like you, I felt the same way about Starla when I first approached her. I saw those photos of celebrities and I'm like, I don't know, she's gonna be expensive. And so we have our own, we put our own ceiling of, of what we think and, and move it forward. And so I think your advice is so good to, to everyone is just check it out, check it out. Otherwise, we would not all four be sitting here if each one of us individually had not just stepped into 
moving past that that self-imposed thought and just check it out but I tell you when, when I'm having the experience like I had that day with goes us, both ways oh my god it, it's like I can't help but want you to feel my love mm -hmm. and that's that's my approach it's like I want you to feel beautiful I want you to know you're loved I want you to whatever your highest potential for you individually is I want the outcome of that day for you to see that it's possible. And it's such a vulnerable time, whether you're working with a photographer or a stylist, because you really, you know, part of why I reached out to them is I really wanted, I'm going through this next life stage and I wanna to go to the next level with career and my book's coming out soon. And I just wanted at this time in my life to pull out the most beautiful aspects of me. So you're actually bringing up a really important thing that I wanted to ask Starla about. It's very intimate. Photography is very intimate, especially when you're doing portraiture. And so I'm wondering what you find or have found in your experience come up for men and women. What are the biggest areas of vulnerability for us in front of the camera and in that process? Because I think, you know, it's very vulnerable how people have to approach. It is a very vulnerable experience because so many of us take care of so many other people. And I would just like to go back to Dr. Wendy's experience before we even work together, um, using her as an example, if I may. Um, what happened was, when you were talking to me on the phone and we were doing our, our fact-finding mission with you, I saw that you had several pieces that you needed pulled together and that you needed more than someone to put clothes in your closet and on your body. You had an author photo, you had your therapy photos, you know, to be approachable for your clients, so you had, you had media needs. You're ready to up-level, and you're also going through a transition. As you know, you're, you know, we're not gonna say your age, but at a certain time in our lives, all of us will go through a transition, and that is, uh, we go through several. But this one, I know well, because I've just gone through it. And that's when I thought, you know, I can't do Wendy justice. I mean, I could do some beautiful photos of her, absolutely. But I felt I needed to bring in my team and start right away. And that's why I suggested Sybil, Henry, because there's something about, I, I yes, I do work with celebrities. I do work in that industry. And I'll tell you what I've seen. I've seen a lot of pretentious stylists. I'm not all about pretentious. I think that beauty beautiful images. I think it all needs to be accessible in a kind way. And I knew, listening to Wendy's needs, that Sybil, who I personally have hired when I went through my transition to help me with my wardrobe, I trusted Sybil to go in and just work with Wendy and bring out Wendy's very best Wendy up-leveled style, but also true to Wendy's real essence. And that I knew that I didn't have to look back over my shoulder and worry about, oh my God, what is she, what's gonna happen? It was more about good things are gonna happen and I can't wait till they come into my studio. So while you two were shopping, I'm thinking, who's gonna be the best makeup and hair for Wendy? So I'm pulling my team in, which I'm a service. I'm an artist, but I'm a service. And my work is to bring your best out. How can I do that for you? And for me and for Wendy, it was Sybil Henry. And look what happened. I mean, I'm looking at you now. You look hot, Mama. Isn't she outrageous? And so and when you. you. And when we did the pictures, oh my gosh. Oh. So, Starla, you, I mean, your team, but you made me feel so relaxed. So it's like it, it, you, you, we played music and everybody was so 
fun and loving and caring and supportive and you wouldn't guess that there's a handful of people there it just felt like you were hanging out with a friend and it was so natural and of course when you're relaxed without any anxiety your your best is going to come out so it was just playful and again i found myself because i like to tie the clinical aspect i found myself throughout the day kind of flaring up with what what I call my penis. Women have penises, I feel, that male energy that spikes up that uh, we have to be mindful of putting the penis down, not being so alpha, and, and letting other people take care of us. And so I, I found that, you know, when, when I felt a little overwhelmed or insecure, my penis would go up and I would put it back down and say, let them take care of me. I'm in a loving, caring place. This is fun, this is playful. And it was beautiful. And um, yep, I have some of my new beautiful pictures. It's going to be on my new website uh, uploaded very soon. And I have um, some of them on my on my Twitter and my LinkedIn. And it's just beautiful. The, the outcome really matches who I feel like internally. All the love and the care, my heart. Um, but it also represents these beautiful women and how they were able to tap into that. And when we talk about our topic, aging gracefully, is it a crisis or opportunity? I believe people come into our lives for a reason too. And there is this beautiful shift that is happening in my life. And when you all showed up was also this incredible time where there's a lot of changes going on with career, family, body, hormones. Um, so some people, you know, whether it's a woman struggling with perimenopausal or menopause or a man with menopause, that is when the troops need to come in even firmer, firmer, more firm, and, and hold you stronger. And that's what I felt like. I could have ran away with fear and felt very overwhelmed at some of this stage of life stuff, or I could have taken a deep breath and charged, you know, challenged myself a little bit more. I think that this topic is really important because even as we're doing the styling and the beautiful pictures, we had this really beautiful lunch together where we talked about, I mean, I feel like you two really came into my life for a purpose and it wasn't for the styling and it wasn't for the pictures. It was that you came into my life and talked about like celebration of getting older and more powerful and glamorous and love of self and self-care. Well, for Starla and I both, we we share so many conversations about this topic. So when you talked with us about this day several months ago and the topic, we both were just like, this is a kindred spirit moment for all of us because this is what we love to talk about and support each other and pay it forward and support other women if they're having any challenges and what we've learned. And we love to share our resources and best practices because it's a journey that we're stepping into in many ways in the darkness because Starla and I have also talked about how for us, our mothers didn't role model what it's like for us because many women of that generation got hysterectomies. And so it was a whole different world when they were uh, going through this, this life change. And then it's so different for men. They go through a cycle daily of their hormone shifts, but ours lasts for 20, 25 years. And men don't depletion. talk about it. They won't talk about no. it. They keep it inside, mm -hmm. and they're, they, they feel like that's socially you know, what they have to do. And then some of the men become depressed or 
know. Well, because whenever your body's going through a change and it's an adjustment and you have to be in touch with those parts of yourself and if you are in denial or trying to shut it out and not talking about it, then you can't normalize your experience. You can't find out that, oh, wait a minute, what's happening to me is happening to other people too. Uh, there are things that can be done to help mitigate the consequences of the inevitable changes that we're all going through. And I think for men, there's a lot of ego tied up in the areas in which that get affected during menopause, like muscle production and, and erectile dysfunction. Job loss or ageism. Vitality, yeah, ageism. And so, yeah, there's so many of those factors and being vulnerable, it's hard enough to be vulnerable as a woman. And like you're talking about going into the photo shoot and needing to be a little vulnerable and trusting. And men just socially have not received messages of, anyways, in older generations, hopefully it's a little different now. I think it changes all the time, but that it's okay. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say what the hell's going on and talk about it. It's okay to be taken care of. I think when, when Starla had this. Oh, you, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm sorry. You think that men have a problem being taken care of? Uh, no, no, no. I was actually thinking about the photo shoot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I had an ADD moment. I was just so excited about that moment that I was. Uh, it, you know, just remember, Starla had all this healthy food, all this healthy food, and uh, you know, and I just was just excited about you know the the pictures and and everything, and everybody said, no, let's stop and have a bite to eat, and I said, oh no, that's okay, that's okay, and she literally like made me a plate, said, no, we're gonna stop, and I just felt so held, so taken care of, but uh, that's when you all were talking about like the healthy lifestyle that you, I mean, was that always something you did? Absolutely not. So no. you can you can relate to my Egg McMuffin oh my obsession? <laughs> if, I called, if I called myself on the phone, uh, if, if my 25-year-old self or my 35-year-old self called my 53-year-old self now and said, so tell me about your day, she would say, don't ever call me. I never want to hear from you. You are a crazy woman. And she'd <laughs> hang up. She said, don't wake me up until 10 o'clock. That's what she say. But now I love getting up at 5.30. I am committed to a yoga practice. I, I need movement. I found that because I'm creative, because I'm very sensitive, you know, another thing, I want to just do a plug here for sensitive people. For all of us that are sensitive out there, people will say you're too sensitive. Um, that's where your art and your love comes from. But we do need to take care of that sensitivity. I don't believe in that we have to be less sensitive because people told me forever I was too sensitive. I was number one, hanging around the wrong people. The, the ones that told me I was too sensitive, but number two, I didn't know how to spread it around. So that's why I do yoga, I walk, I journal, I reach out to what I call my higher power, and I have certain people I call at certain times, when I'm full or when I'm empty. And I spread it around because I'm sensitive. So I have a maintenance program and I eat healthy. And I have to eat healthy because my body does not respond well at all. I just had a 10 course meal at a restaurant I will not talk about with a client, uh, with a client I was photographing a, a birthday party the other night. And it was a very affluent restaurant. They had a beautiful 10 course meal. And you know, I'm, my body's still out of whack from it because my body likes to eat 
green, clean food with a clean protein. This is something I love that you just said. You started off saying, I have to have a healthy diet or I have to eat a healthy diet, but then you just said, my body wants it and I like to. And I think that that's really important too, the messages that we tell ourselves. If we start to think like, well, I have to do this, I'm not saying you were saying that at all. Some of us will say like, oh, I know I have to eat better or I have to eat this healthy meal as opposed to I get to or I want to because I love the effects. And so it's both the, the intentional doing, the action of taking care of yourself and eating healthy and also the cognitive shift in one's brain of <laughs> making a choice saying like, Yes, I want the Egg McMuffin. Um, and hash brown. I, yeah, but I also <laughs> want to feel good. And I know that eating something else might make me feel better than this than this will. But maybe not. Maybe the Egg McMuffin will make me feel better today. You know, <laughs> or not denying myself, but that balance. And of, it feels like that angel devil, you know, how they always talk about, like, there's an angel on my, there's devil. And it's... I, I know I feel my best when I'm exercising, drinking a lot of water, and eating really healthy. Not perfect, but, but healthy. I love to celebrate life too, and I love carbs, okay? And what we used to do early on, we just absolutely can't do or get away with, or it's not even healthy. But I definitely don't feel great after I eat, you know, the junky stuff. And when we think of aging gracefully with crisis or opportunity, Sometimes the angel and the devil kind of fight with each other because part of me goes, oh, I would love to have some fresh fruit for breakfast. But then I'll see McDonald's and also I have a teenager, so that doesn't make it easier. And I'll just, I'll get the orange juice, which is not orange juice, right? It's filled with a whole bunch of what? I don't even know what, but it's just uh, sugary, delicious in the moment. And then there's the hash browns and the egg McMuffins. And I think the Jewish side and the Catholic side feels very guilty about this because it's crappy and it sucks. But I know I don't feel good after it. That I know that when we take care of ourselves, whether it's men or women, you feel better. But you, again, between the passive and the active, you have to make it an intention. Is it natural for you all? Did you ever, like, uh, at this time in my life, I feel ravenous. I feel like I want every junky, you know, carby, sugary. Do you, it is did the you holidays, know? though. I mean, the holidays, the holidays plus bring that a out stage of all. life. Right, yeah. You know, so did you, did you all, can you relate to that or you can't? Or? Oh, I can relate to it for sure. Um, I, I love what Starla was saying. Um, you just live on a peaceful planet. You've created that, for, I, I like to say that for Starla. Right. She created that for her because at this stage of life, unlike when she was 25, it fits. And I think that's the message and, and that's really how it has evolved for me is that back then, it, 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 every day could be a little more predictable. Um, I, I used to be a marathon runner and I w had a schedule and I would follow it and I wouldn't yield. It didn't matter what the day was like, I was gonna run and I was gonna do a long run. But now I've learned to yield to what my body needs. And if I wanna be gentle with my body and do yoga today, that's what I'll do. If I wanna take a day off, I give myself that permission. There's no have to's. And I think I was more hard driving back then. I was a little more in my masculine. Um, but I think with age has come more of a, a gentleness with myself to be able to say, tuning in, what, do, what is my body needing? If I need that 
egg McMuffin, then <laughs> yeah, it's okay. But I also believe everything about how we feel every day at this age. I don't know about anyone else in here or out there listening, but I'm in my 50s and I'll tell you it's a different game. And uh, hormones rule everything. So I've come to learn a new respect for hormonal management. And um, you have a choice, which is a blessing. A Some people don't feel like they have a choice, whether it's addiction or mental health issues or heavy stressors, financial stressors or, you know, family stuff. Some people, that's how they, they uh, you know, take care of their stress, right? They eat or they debt or smoking cigarettes or whatever it is. So how do you all stay balanced? I mean, how do you... How do you avoid the pitfalls? Yeah. I'm unbalanced right now. <laughs> oh, I right. Totally we talked unbalanced. about that. I am totally unbalanced right now. So yes. I put on a great dress and some heels, and I'm kind of hiding it under some uh, larger dress. But uh, I plan on taking, you know, a little better care of myself because I did plan, you know, to be a little um, to eat things that I that I usually don't eat this weekend because I had some parties to go to. I didn't plan on that ten course meal. That was a blindsided and I'm actually glad I did it mm -hmm. but you know now I just got to get back on the healthy road of balance and I'll start tomorrow with yoga and I'll, I'll eat well you get today. back on track yeah I just got back on track yeah. like you know I I suffered I suffered from depression in my 20s and 30s because I was smoking I was drinking I was smoking a bit of grass and I was eating a lot of sugar I wasn't eating healthy and as I have grown I quit smoking I you know I got sober that cured a lot of my depression. You know, I still have feelings, but those feelings last maybe a day at the longest. I mean, there were times I couldn't get out of bed. I thought, you are absolutely a poop emoji with eyeballs. You know? <laughs> I can't believe it's a poop emoji with eyeballs. I, first of all, I can't believe people are buying poopy with eyeballs. That's the last thing the I would want to be. poop. It's like, that is a sick... Anyway, so... <laughs> Um, this is crazy. So anyway, so that's that's how I would feel, just like poopy. You and know? what would what would Freud say about that? Right, is the shitty feelings, the bad, the the shitty mommy feelings or whatever. I mean, it's uh, you know, it, you have a choice. I just think that's so important to be mindful of. Well, I think also though we must talk about the importance of healthy pooping. Healthy. It's important to make sure that it's Let part it of flow. our digestion, right? Yes. And as people get older with medications what and the body changes, you know, and also with the bladder and urinary tract infections and stuff like that, especially for women, although it's important for men too. I mean, we've got to kegel, we've got to keep things healthy and active down there. Same thing with sex. You know, we've talked before about the ghost in our vagina, the, the vaginal dryness issue as we get older. And or your are, angry vagina, yeah. or your depressed vagina, or your anxious vagina. Right. We or, talk a lot about that. Or your fear, <laughs> or your fear because you're getting older that you're not going to be able to perform the same. Your body responds, and the, look at what happens to a lot of men in menopause. You know, they're devastated when their penis doesn't work. And they feel as though that is their only identity. But when you remind them, it's not about a hard penis. It's about love and attention, affection, holding each other, talking about life. You're more than your strong erection. So you two were giving yourselves, we're looking at one another as we're kind of going off on our on our little... Poop, poop and sex riff. <laughs> so I'm wondering what was coming up for you when we were talking about that. It was something that 
just kind of like agreement, or were you like, oh my god, I can't believe they're talking about that? <laughs> oh no, 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 believe me. Oh, you talk about we it. Talk we like agree. This. We, we, we oh, agree. God. Uh, she's Sybil's actually my go-to girl, and what I'm also hearing from you know you, Wendy, is that you're having, and I think that for menopause too, is there is a time for, for when I was going through pre menopause, uh, perimenopausal symptoms, I had the questions, I had the, all these different symptoms that were coming up. So what I decided to do is to sit with my body and figure out what mm. the heck it was trying to tell me. And there, there were definitely shifts and definitely changes that I don't, I don't want to get into, but we all experience <laughs> them. Mm -hmm. But um, now that I'm done uh, with that, um, and now I'm in menopause, I'm finished with the perimenopausal what happens when you get on the other side of it, for me anyway, is that there is an acceptance of things that have changed in my body now. Like one thing is eating sugar. Sugar puts on ab fat for me. And nothing takes away your mojo like ab abdomen fat. Yes. It kills your wardrobe because, yes. you know, because it hangs yes. in the absolute wrong place. Jelly. And some, some people get it in their hips and thighs. I yep. get it in my abdomen. Yep. So for me, when I lost, I did a 40-day a, a green food cleanse with a, my green food coach. Her name is Eve Hart. I did a 40-day green food cleanse, and, and I learned a lot of self-care about my body. I learned how to cook. I cut out all the processed foods, mm. and I went from kind of being a vegan slash is it, what is it when you just eat Lacto fish? Over, oh, pescatarian. Pescatarian. So I do fish, and then I do a little bit of meat as 80% of my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. So that's how I do it. And it's also helped with my hormones, my hormone imbalance. But Sybil Henry here has got some great information. I mean, I go to her for a lot of my badge questions. She's like... Nice. She, Lisa, Lisa, one of our girlfriends, we call her a kind of... Vaj, um, she, she, she helps The Vaj concierge? <laughs> she knows things, that. and she's, like, the cool, like, as kind as she is with her styling, you know, she's got some information that she's passed on to us, and so I go to Sybil a lot, too. Nice. Well, that's so funny. Uh, Starla and I, we, we do, like you were, were saying, the conversation was it too much, like, what you were talking about. It's like, oh, please. The things we talk about, the places we go. Right in there. Right. First We're person. right in there. First person. But I think it's so important for women to be, you know, the, the penis has been served in an industry, a billion dollar industry, and my God, if there's a flaccid penis out there that can't rise, please, let's put all the resources of billions of dollars to figure this out, right? Right. Penis so, implants and all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Blue pills, yeah. implants, yeah. whatever pumps. you name it, pumps. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, lots of attention goes there. Yes. But for ladies, uh, what about us? Mm -hmm. And so what, what my biggest pain is, is women who are in pain. Women who resign themselves to saying, I'll knit and just have a cat. And, you know. Oh, no, I just got a little kitten. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are okay. Kids but I don't, okay. But I don't knit. Don't worry about I don't knit. <laughs> but I would. But yes, you're saying go deeper and really yes. deal with it and go for it instead yes. of avoid. Because and too many people avoid. Yes, and there is, and, I, and it comes from my own journey of pain when my hormones went awry after the birth of my baby. And, and my hormones did not settle back into normalcy. And I ended up having terrible symptoms of... I went from a six to a 16 and I had cystic acne and my hair was falling out and I literally had no sex. I mean, just right. everything you can imagine was thrown my way when my hormones went awry. And so 
because of that painful little corridor of my life where I spent a few years being a shell of my former self, it was quite humbling, but also the biggest gift wrapped, uh, seen as a, you know, something terrible, but it was a gift and it threw me into figuring out solutions because I was going from doctor to doctor who said, oh, let's give you a Prozac for that. Or, oh, let's give you the birth control. Or, let's just, just accept that. That's aging. And I just thought, no, I'm too young to feel this old and there's got to be a solution. And I found it. Um, I learned how to be an advocate for myself. I learned that there's no profit in plants and that so many of solutions for us are in nature. Um, and I also realized that there is a solution for everything and by some of the sweetest little family-owned companies, cottage industries out there. And you lost a, a significant amount of weight recently. Hello. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're saying yeah. you went from a size 6 to a size 16 and now I'm looking at you now and you look like you're a size 6, I mean, that that says something. I mean, well, I'm a 4 like, now. I'm sorry. I'm I didn't notice. <laughs> I went from a 6 to a 16 to a 6, in, and I went from a 6 to a 16 in about 6 months when my hormones were off, and then it took me a few years wow. to get back down to a 6 because I had to fight for figuring it out, but mm -hmm. I did not have the help of Western medicine, and something was very, very wrong, so I went Eastern, and I learned a lot through that, but now in my 50s, I'm, I'm not in menopause yet, but there's that last 10 and I got those off and that was not easy, but I figured that out as well with the help of some angels. And, and it's possible in your 50s and beyond. I don't know the beyond, I'm not there yet, but I see some role models of beyond that you can live a life where you feel phenomenal about yourself. You feel your divine right as a woman to be beautiful um, for whatever that is for you. You can be hormonally balanced, you naturally, you can be emotionally sound and balanced. You can spread the love because you feel good about yourself. Mm -hmm. And you can have purpose in your life and be sharing the gift of whatever that God-given gift is for you and practice it and live the life of your dreams. It's possible. And you know, I have uh, young adults, 20 years old, 30 years old, who sit on the couch and they, they have panic attacks about getting older. And the fear of, it's so interesting at different stages of life, right? So they fear, will I ever fall in love? Will I ever get married? I would never, personally, I would never want to go back. I love this time in my life. It's, it's bittersweet. However, it's gotten so much better with the help of my beautiful guardian angels here. Um, and also, you know, I, I came from a mom who we didn't really talk about menopause while she had her menopause my sister and i had our periods so you know you take pmsy girls with a mom who had menopause and it was you know we just didn't talk about it we didn't know about it we didn't get the uh, education about it so i talk to young women all the time whether they're teenagers or even preteens about puberty about stage of life about embracing it and that it gets better you know, especially because we didn't have moms who role modeled that. Well, and I think that one of the things that you're all talking about that's really important when we're talking about aging gracefully, because aging isn't a disease. It's just something, I mean, something we're doing at all times, whether we're 20 years old or, or 80 years old, right? We are always getting older. 
and it's about the quality of that, but I'm hearing education and mentors, guides, advisors, support Solutions. systems, but going outside of your own head or, or what's been maybe working for you in the past and may not be working anymore and trying to find new answers and being curious. A real key to aging gracefully, in my opinion, and you guys can tell me your thoughts on this, is, is being curious, staying open, as Wendy might say, to the possibility of, of new ways of doing things. And not just in terms of our own physical health care, but we've all talked about changing up our careers, you, where maybe it's where you're living, maybe it's the kind of people that you're hanging out with or going to for support and guidance or how you're approaching anything, just trying to do things a little differently. And they, they talk about this too in terms of cognitive health. If you take the same route every day, um, every once in a while, switch it up a little bit. That's good for our brains is to do things a little bit differently every once in a while. And that's how we keep not just physical, but, but mental agility. And I think we all have seen, um, we also work with celebrities or the affluent community, uh, but also, you know, Jenny and I have done extensive work in inner city um, schools and whether it's socioeconomic levels or multicultural aspects, I would assume that you both have seen it all where you, I think the average person might look at celebrities and say, oh God, they have it all, really idealize them. The nice thing, not nice thing, but you know, we as therapists see the backstory. So when we meet models, they don't feel so great actually. Some of them are insecure with serious addictions or eating disorders or whatever. But when you all see celebrities um, versus just, you know, the average person, they struggle with the same thing, probably on a different level. Oh, yeah. Um, that's actually a really good point. Like all that glitters is not... What is it called? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I want to be really clear about the entertainment people I've worked with. When many of these people walk into the studio, it doesn't matter how they're feeling about themselves. The energy changes. There is a charisma factor to these people. They're, they were the most popular kids in high school. Everyone wanted to be around them or college or in the room or their beauty brings them in, but there is something very special about these people. That's why they're in the media, that's why they're on the television. And if we want to compare ourselves to the most popular kids in the world, go right ahead. I, I give that to you. I would never deprive anybody from their bottom on that one. But they also come in, but they come in prepared. They have their makeup people, they have their hair people, dream they team. have their dream team, they have their styles, and they have all of that in place. They have a PR team. They have, when, when um, I, I photographed one uh, A-lister, and when he walked in, I knew he was a 20-story corporation. I knew there was 20 stories, and I knew he had at least 40 to 50 people backing him up to be who he was mm. and who he still is today. And also look, think about the pressure also, though. I mean, as much as they're left, lifted up with that, there's also, as they get older, and, and I think about this, too, as I watch people and I listen to people, there was, there's a certain degree of responsibility for that, too, right? Like, you've got to keep generating work to keep all this, these other people in business, too, who are keeping you, lifting you up. And especially for men, I think, not that it's not a pressure for women, too, but there's... 
that pressure. I'm getting older, and if my if my success has been based on my charisma or my my looks and my like how I'm showing up, it's going to be harder to hold on to that as as we get older. And there's like the stress of that. So just because somebody's life on the outside looks so perfectly packaged or branded does not is not a pure reflection of what their internal experience of the world and themselves or aging is if you're into competition like you said start that's the life of an artist right the people that we're talking about all the ones i photographed they're artists Mm -hmm. that is the life of an artist you have to stay relevant and the it's it's worse now than it ever has been so i think even more about more about what you look like but what have you what are you what are you working on now that's what people hear about what's because the, the public PR firms the media they are hungry for new 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 it's always churning what do you got for me new you know look at the singers uh, Britney Spears you know you'll hear oh or Adele for instance she has a new album out. Oh, Adele has a comeback she's have this is Adele's mm-hmm. comeback album Adele never went anywhere hello and she's <laughs> okay she's 27 yeah, she, she never went like, anywhere hello yeah, I mean, she's, she just, she just, yeah. she just, she, she, they make albums and it takes a while to make an album. Yeah. Well, people will tell me, Starla, you know, when's your next website due out? Well, that's a body of work. You know, I'm, I have pictures, but you know, you just, they're, 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 what do you got for us new? What do you got for us today? My husband's a producer. Um, what do you got for me? You know, that's what, that's how they treat it. So that is more about what you look like is, is the, is having to produce as an artist. And then when you produce, what people feed give you the feedback you get oh that movie sucked god i'm really sorry people say don't take it personally it's me we're we are people people take things personally we are a person and yes it has to roll off your back and yes you have but the difference between an artist who is successful and an artist who is not successful because there are way better photographers than i am is i kept getting up through the nose people say oh you shouldn't do that oh you suck I get up anyway, I dust myself off. And it's just, I have tenacity. And some days I don't. And that's like every artist. So, and then there's the look factor. And then there's the plastic surgery things that they do. And I think it's really awful. I really think it's awful. Um, I, I don't like a lot of the things. I've seen beautiful people ruin their faces. I've seen young people ruin their faces. Tell yeah, me let's more talk about, about that, yeah. you guys. What do yeah. you think? Like, what, what, is, what has been sense. happening? What's on the horizon that people are doing? What do you like better than other things in terms of enhancements? Well, you know, a couple of things. First of all, what Starla was saying, the people who are at that high level of success, those A-listers, they come with their team. And I think... Um, one of the things that as women sometimes we don't do is we don't allow ourselves to build that team of everything we need and we talk about being vulnerable earlier giving saying I can't do it all or I can't do this because frankly we're all service providers everyone's really in the business of service even if you have a product but I can't take photos everyone's got an iPhone and they think they're a photographer um, taking photos, I can never embody the look of me at my best as Starla can take of me. I, I just can't do it. But there are some things people think, I have my cousin who's you know just got out of their photography class in high school take my picture. Um, or therapists, you know, I could work it on a porch. Well, I could, but to deal with the emotions of what Starla just talked about, what's new, what's new, what's new, and some of the demands of this digital age of 
of, of everything being so instantaneous, there is a balancing act of how much do you respond to, to the now and what do you sit back on and keep your own balance and what is that balance for you. And sometimes we need to work it out on your couch and we need to bring in the help. We need that support. We need our village, our team. That's the right person fit for us. For me, yeah, you can get dressed on your own. Sure you can, everyone does every day. But when you're ready to step into your highest place of your spotlight, can you do that on your own and should you? Or do you need that third eye of someone that pulls from who you are on the inside and brings it forward on the outside? So just building a team and really making sure that you're taking care of the areas where can I be at my highest place if I bring someone who's an expert in that area and then for my own version of being the best in my industry, what do I need? How can I be vulnerable and say yes and allow someone in to help me? And I think that's so important of what we can do to be our best. I just want to say something, and, and that is, if you can't get out of bed in the morning, you might need to see someone talk about it. You don't have to do it alone. If you're standing in front of your closet for more than three minutes to get out the door, you're wasting so much time. You might need someone to help you with your wardrobe. Maybe, maybe um, you, your body might be shifting and that might be the problem. Maybe you need to call in an expert. And uh, if you hate having your picture taken, maybe you might hire a professional instead of a well-meaning amateur. So it's, it's, and it, makes, it sounds simpler. It, it is actually very simple. You don't have to do it alone or not alone. Get help. I, I've certainly gotten help over periods of my life and I continue to get help and there's a lot of people who say oh I can't afford it I can't afford it you know what check it out like you said before check it out because I always feel like anything is possible and whether you know we do our full fee or whether we see I mean Jenny and I have Slide a history scale. of you know we're nonprofit volunteer girls at heart so we we will anything is possible if we can't help for whatever reason we'll find five other people who can and it's such an investment i really i feel spiritually changed by having your services really and and i tell everybody about it and the first thing is like first of all who are you to do that that's what i've gotten who are you to 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 do that fancy pictures a stylist what and i said i love myself and i i want to be the best ever and I want to share that it's a gift it's so an it's investment a, as well I'm not trying to be the next Oprah I'm trying to be the most loving person I can be and translate that to the world and be happy about and proud of who I am and you women have made that possible and so it's so interesting the judgment like as though nobody's allowed to give themselves this gift it was a huge gift and then I just did this wonderful video thing that I did that's another gift but again, it's, it's, it's a, it is about investing. It's like, okay, so yeah, it may be a little more money than somebody might at that moment feel comfortable with or, like you're saying, feel okay spending on themselves. But in the long run, it will be worth it because you'll be saving time, as you were saying, Starla, right? If you've got help, if you, if you know... If you, if you work with a nutritionist who helps you figure out the best way to shop and prepare food for yourselves, you may be saving time on that preparation and, and, and saving money by not throwing out stuff that you're not eating or aren't good for you. I mean, the there's so bills. many. There's yeah. And bills. then ultimately, mm -hmm. yeah, hospital bills. And, 
and attracting clients, you know, then getting it back in, in other ways. It's interesting because uh, Dr. Christine Northrup, I don't mm -hmm. know if you all know her, she's wonderful. She's amazing. And what she says is that taking care of yourself, for a woman, it looks like getting a pap smear and getting a mammogram. And you forget all the other things that go into just the self-care and transition um, and celebrating yourself. There's a quote, and I, I forget who it is, but it, it, you, can't, you cannot ignore your body and expect to feel good. And it, so it's really important to listen to your body, listen to your spirit, like what do you really want to do? It's okay if you are an executive assistant, and that's okay. That's your that's your means to an end. What is what is your off time? What is your end? What is it that you're working towards? Everybody isn't trying to build a business like we all have, or or everybody doesn't necessarily want to change careers at fifty. But maybe there's something else you want to do. Maybe you want to have a relationship. Maybe you want to adopt a child. Maybe you want to travel the world. Celebration of self. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Throughout life. Yeah. And, and I think that the meaning that we make of what we're doing, not just in terms of occupations or what we do to pay the bills, but what we're doing in our relationships and, and, and our time off and our time with ourselves. You know, as therapists, we talk a lot about the stimulus factor, what we present to the world. So wherever we go, you know, especially living in Los Angeles, you see so many different types of people, but you see a lot of people with, you know, hair extensions and nails or Botox or whatever and the fake boobs or, um, or you see the naturally authentic um, women who are aging gracefully and you can see how beautiful and soft they are. And it's so beautiful that they don't feel the pressure to buy into that too. So there, you know, there's so many well, different there's, types. There's also, besides the softness, I would say, there's a wonderful blog and a movie that goes along with Advanced Style oh, yes. um, that, that uh, follows women who are over 60 uh, all the way into their hundreds who are actively living these stylish lives. That, uh, there's a photographer, I'm forgetting his name and everything, on the street in not Bill Cunningham, but the guy who does the blog, a young guy or younger guy, and he follows these women and photographs women on the streets with, with style in New York. You know, it's a walking daily fashion show there, really. If you live there, uh, you can see all kinds of things. And it's, it's such an inspiring movie. It's, um, male or female, doesn't matter. The, these women, they are living out loud. They are living voraciously with style and color and embracing their energy uh, and really bringing more of it into the world and making it count even in the years that a lot of people are winding it down and and that's you know whether it is being like relaxed and peaceful or whether it is I mean that 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 can be the core of it but the expression of it can also be fuck yeah I'm here
There's a there's a Nerdist podcast with Shirley Manson where she talks about where she says something that I thought was just so right on. She said, you know, there's nothing more punk rock than old people because they're like, yeah, who gives a fuck? It's like, like teenagers. This is us. Yeah, I mean, it's just like. If I want to mix prints, I'm gonna fucking mix prints. If I want to, yeah, yeah. if I want to be a little sassy or whatever, I've earned it. As we get older, I think we let go of how much the audience matters, or we can. Let me amend that because I, I think you feel good for you. Yeah, well, and I think I think that a lot of people start to get depressed and experience anxiety and all kinds of other like physical manifestations of that when they start to feel when when they stop growing when they stop um evolving and they get stuck and it's so easy well i i know it can be so easy whether it's clients and we've seen it through the years or internally um, or witnessing it from a friend it's so easy especially approaching 50 or it could be even approaching 40 where you, there's a part of you that may just want to kick your heels up, sit on the couch and eat bonbons. Resign. It's just so, it's when that moment flares up, it's not to avoid it, but embrace it. And then go check it out with someone. Go talk about it, you know, with a friend or a therapist or go take a walk and try to figure out that meaning. It doesn't mean those red flag issues of, uh-oh, because here's the beautiful thing. You have a choice. You have a choice, and sometimes we do need to kick our feet up, you know. And what are bonbons? Are those ice cream things? I think they're little chocolate-covered vanilla, ice cream with vanilla in the center. <laughs> that is correct. Is that correct? <laughs> okay, I think Hagen Dazs makes those too, right? Did, are they called bonbons though? Yeah, I don't, Trader okay. Joe's oh, has really? a bonbon. Oh. Yeah. I just thought it was like a nineteen. Bonbon, yeah, name, right? delicious. Yeah, they are like in the fifties, but they're delicious. Yeah. <laughs> but can't we all relate to that? The fuck it attitude of just like. You know, it's hard. It's hard. Can we, we talk, talk about, about becoming authentically yourself? You is know? it work for you ladies, or is it just like every day it's easy? Like, honestly. Oh, come on. Please. We're over 50. I mean, it was funny. You were talking about how, you know, women want to kick up their heels. I was, we were photographing a woman in, this, in my studio, oh, God, a couple months back, and she brought her teenager with her. And I won't say if it's a male or female because I don't want to give it away. And they're like, oh, Mom, that doesn't look good. And I looked over. I said, who cares what you think? You know, who the f- cares what a teenager thinks? Right. I don't care. You're not our target <laughs> you know? audience. And that's why you know I'm off balance today because my, my what, what do you call it, is down, my Your filters. Filter. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know what, or I'll hear, I'll hear these kids belittle their mothers. You know, I mean, I love teens. I do coming of age photos with teens who are, feel ugly and, you know, they see themselves as in a beautiful light. And, and those are different kind of kids. But you hear these kids beating up their moms all the time about how... You know, mom, or they have a hot mom, and they try to keep mom down too. I've seen that too. Hot mom, and you know these little, you know, or or hot mom is keeping it down for the kids because they don't want to shine anymore. Yes. So I've seen that a lot too. Or hot mom, maybe the kids aren't as cute as hot mom. They got to work on something else. It's not hot mom's fault, you know. And so it's just I just watch all these little dynamics happen to women, and I, certainly I love men. But you know, I, what I want to say too is. If men are the big prize in your life, don't come see me. Because the people that are my clients, they're the big prize. Um, I'm a woman's woman. I care about other women. And I certainly love men. Don't get me wrong. I'm married to one. I love him and I support him. But 
women who are still in competition with each other, especially in this age, I find them they're self-mutilating right now. I have some of the most beautiful women I have photographed in my uh, 40s of these women. They were in their 30s and 40s. They are just killing themselves with all this different procedures and the plastic surgeries and the facelifts because they still want that male attention. And the thing is, they're reaching out for male attention to 35-year-olds and they're in their late 40s, early 50s. And you know what? When I was 35, 50 looked really old to me. It was old. When I was 20, 25 was old. So take, we had to take our mind off of these younger guys and just focus on our own beauty and working that out, whatever that means. And, and men are no longer the big prize. They're going to stop screaming at you at a certain, certain age. But I'll tell you what, it's easier to travel. You know, I traveled through Morocco. It was definitely nice traveling through Morocco as a mature woman. I was going to ask you the cultural component about women across the world or also the lack of Botox or uh, facial stuff. Have you seen a change throughout the years where some of your clients can't even move their... Like you're all about facial expressions and changing and emotions. You can look at television and you can see what's going on. All you have to do is look at someone's profile and you can see, you know, I will say some of the work is excellent, but you have to know when to stop. I certainly would do a procedure uh, once, something really solid from a really solid doctor, but you can only stretch it out so far. You can only fill it up so much. You know, eventually you just have, and and I tell you, I've seen some really, I've seen some great work, but I think the great work I'm seeing has only happened once, maybe twice. You can't, you, 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 if you start looking, go to Beverly Hills at Whole Foods, you'll see the windblown look. It's everywhere, around every corner. One of the things that frightens me personally and, and for my clients is that too much of it begins to perpetuate a fraudulent feeling internally. And it's the same thing of like, this is going to sound insane, but stay with me, of like posting the hottest picture you can of yourself on a dating site and then somebody wants to meet you and you start to panic because you don't look like that or you have gone under a younger age and then you start to panic because at what point in time do you tell them what your real age is? And so the more... The more that you are creating something that you have to keep up with or that you are associating with your identity or yourself, then it becomes work to have to keep it up. I mean, even, and this is, again, may sound insane, but my hair is longer right now. And I love having my hair really short, like boy short, right? Because it's really easy to take care of. It doesn't look bad on my face. I look a little bit like... Liza Minnelli, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, But there's part of me that's like, what kind of an impact is that going to have on my clients? Like, is that going to be too extreme for them? Like, oh my God, what did you do? Um, And that's just getting my hair cut, right? But the more you have done, the more you have to keep up with, the more there's that feeling of, if I don't look the same as I did last week, then I don't look like me. Then it's, you know, and then it becomes... Like, how do you, how do you balance that out as you get older, right? I mean, obviously we all, I mean, I look in the mirror every day and go, oh my God, I don't look like I did yesterday, right? <laughs> my, there are things that are changing shape and color and, and, and 
size all the time. So but. it's stimulus factor again, you know? What, what, and it's interesting whether it's a haircut or a facelift. I know therapists that get full facelifts or nose jobs and will go in and still hold sessions. And they will wait to see if their clients say anything. And they don't say anything. And then it's just interesting who says... Like, I'm definitely going to get my earlobes done. That's, like, the one thing, because, like, your nose and your earlobes just keep growing as you get older. And uh, my earlobes are already, like, drooping. But that's, like, it's the stupidest little thing. Will you be telling your clients? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm talking... I mean, this is probably in, like, 20 years. But I've told my husband already. I'm like, that's probably going to happen. I'll probably get my earlobes done. Like, I don't want to be looking like Buddha with them, like, way down to my shoulders when I'm older. But But then other people would say, just be you. Absolutely. But that's my own thing. That's my, you know, that's my thing. That's what I'm thinking. Everybody's got their own thing. Mm -hmm. But the more you have to, the more you do, the more. And and are you doing it for you or are you doing it for the attention? Like you're talking about for the man. Are you doing it to get a man or to keep a man? Or is the impetus to do it something external versus internal? Well, it's just the fear of embracing getting older. The only other alternative to all this aging is death. So you can you can age gracefully or not, or you're going to be dead. So I would say if it's really getting really crazy in your head, do some service. Get out there and help somebody else, man. Because we're getting very obsessed. We are in a we are in a social media frenzy and we are a visual community, but do a little service. Get out there and see how, you know, we're all everyone is that I know is so blessed. And I think that we have to give back when it gets too crazy. And I know that Dr. Wendy will support that as well as Sybil and you too. And if you don't like your earlobes, get them done. Fix <laughs> <laughs> them. Yes. My God. If you yes. don't like it, fix it. Yes. If you feel like you need to change it, change it. It's okay. It's you. But I always say, to before you go in under the knife, stand in the mirror. It's a nice light. And look at door number one. I don't know if anyone ever saw the show, Let's Make a Deal. (laughs) But there's Monty. Hey, so you you have the car. You know, it may not be the Ferrari that you want, but there's this door right next to you. Something's behind the curtain. We don't know what it is. That's what plastic surgery is. There's a mystery behind that door. We don't know what the hell you're getting. So you better be ready to give this car up and end up with something else. So you have to decide. And how far am I willing to go? Yeah. An earlobe? I don't see any issues in the earlobe. <laughs> but, but, but when you start working on your face, uh, there's nerves they can hit, and you can be paralyzed. There's all kinds of different things. So if you're ready to go under the knife, I support it. But just make sure you're ready to let go of what you see. And mirror. be grateful. Just be grateful and embrace everything, especially when people get a lot of like liposuction and things like that, and then they put it in their butt the butt implant thing is very interesting and then you see all the women with the popped butt implants i mean just uh, well it's like amy schumer has a joke about the larger posterior becoming in fashion whereas you know now she's all bummed because she'd always sort of had a great set of tits and that was sort of her money and so she's like now you know now it's all about the ass and that's not really where she's she feels confident and and strong so uh the reason i think about that is it ebbs and flows so maybe big butts are in today give it another 10 minutes and something else like big 
big shoulders are going to be in and then it's going to be like strong hands or something we can't even think about or envision and so it's you know and what about our girls our little girls who are growing up or even boys yeah. who are growing up and the messages i mean forget the internal it's all about the external right well, men are getting plastic surgery all the time now uh -huh. too and they are doing hormonal injections and testosterone treatments and they're feeling it as well yeah. i mean we, women i think we're sort of like, okay, yeah, whatever, dudes, because we've been dealing with it for a lot longer. But they're feeling it as well, and it's the same thing. You don't know what's going to happen. Be thoughtful about that. Be careful. Do your due diligence. Yeah. Healthy is sexy, wouldn't you say, Sybil? I, healthy. Healthy, happy, happy, healthy, happy. Happy is an elixir that, I mean, everybody wants a drink of that, right? When someone has a certain level of happy and self-acceptance about them it's it's magnetic it's just like draws people in and they want to be around that and um and there's so much of that super like you talked about the plastic surgery look when you have that done so much that you just don't look like you've accepted and 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 so much of that comes from i think looking like either you have to force yourself to fit in you know getting a big ass i can't even imagine flying somewhere or, or, or going somewhere, I, at least for me, I mean, no, I, should, I should say, if that's what you want to lead with, and if that's your currency, then go for it. But for me, I think what's in, I'm in. Like my version of me, I, I set my own little thing about, I'm, I'm, I'm in. I so, love that, what's in? I'm in. I'm in. I like it, that. It's there not my go. ass, yeah. it's not big tits for me, because I don't have either of those, but hell, I'm in. So I'm. What am I going to lead with? I'm leading with my intellect. I am. I know what my gifts are. I know what my assets are. It's not my ass, but <laughs> I love the parts of me that I'm going to lead with, and and so I focus on those. And when I in my work, I I mine for gold with my clients. It's like, what are you leading with? And if that's not your strength, then we're not going to go and find a doctor who's going to give that to you. We're going to find because everyone has a gift of strength. And so we're going to look at that and say, let's take that and make the best it can be, and then you're in for you. And that's, that's what I'm drawn to. I love what Starla said also about be of service. I love volunteering, and I preach it all the time to everyone. Whatever stage of life you're in, whether you're a little kid or whether you're a teenager, young adult, um, couples, families, anybody in pain or, or not in pain, but this world is is so much in pain, and and you can pick any cause from an animal to There's a so country to, to a street corner. It doesn't matter. You can make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and drop them off in Santa Monica, you know, or you can go to Nigeria. It doesn't matter, you know. What matters is what we are doing on a daily basis. And as everybody's talking, I'm thinking, when did I feel the most beautiful? Mm -hmm. And I want us to go around and answer that. For me. The most beautiful I felt was volunteering at an abuse shelter for infants and toddlers who were physically and sexually abused. I got out of my head and I was of service and I, I just had the most wonderful spiritual moment where it wasn't about me. It's, it was about these little beautiful angels and and reading a book or you know drawing with chalk on the sidewalk or singing a song it was a moment in life where i could just give something that that you know some opportunity to just be with them 
um, to celebrate life, to show them uh, a, a nice moment. But I, I love volunteering. I did a caring for babies with AIDS. That was also wonderful. I'm all about volunteering. What well, about we know that volunteering also, again, is something that can be helpful as we get older, you know, paying back, whether it is if you worked in a certain industry and you're retired, then volunteering, mentoring other people or using those skills that you've accumulated. If you were an artist teaching art to kids, if you, you know, were a business person working with college students who are trying to navigate their way, you know, really trying to be of service because just because you're of a certain age or not doing something for a living anymore doesn't mean that you don't have things to share. And I think that a lot of people as they get older, and I know we talked about this a, a little bit, we start to feel irrelevant, right? That newness is so important and, and volunteering, absolutely. We also know it, it helps with depression and, and, and how we view ourselves. So, um, and in terms of when I feel the most beautiful, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think of, I don't think about how I, I don't feel beautiful when I'm volunteering because I'm not thinking about myself. I I feel if if I'm talking about like physically beautiful, I you know that's just random. I I if I think about it, you know maybe when I'm getting dressed up to go somewhere fancy or do an event with my husband or things like things like that, but. Somebody once told me about her wedding day that it was very important to her to look to look good, but she did not want to look like the best she'd ever looked in her life because she didn't want to look back at the pictures and say that was the best I ever looked in my life. And I internalized that. I thought that's fucking awesome. That's right. So like I look at my wedding pictures and yeah, I'm like they're beautiful because our photographer was wonderful and we were so happy and you know, I was probably 10 pounds heavier than I am now, and I'm like, well, my hair's, like, pulled back. Maybe it doesn't look as great as it could have, but I, I was, I'm so, I'm still so in love with my husband, and I look at them, and it's great, but I think I look better in some ways now. I look good then, I look better in some ways now, and But you don't rely. It might be nice you know, that your husband makes you feel or does things or says things that makes you feel a beautiful moment, but you don't rely on him to oh, God, make no. you feel beautiful. No, no. Because if I feel beautiful or sexy, then he reads that the minute I walk in the room. And if, I, if, if I'm feeling schlubby and like, God, I really am just not up, don't touch me. <laughs> like, now he can feel that. That doesn't mean he's not still coming at me and grabbing my ass because he will. But I'll be like, I'll be like, baby, I smell. I need to, my hair is oily. I don't want you to stop grabbing my ass. But you know, but kind of put it on ice. Not, not gonna happen. You know, not gonna happen till I feel fresh. Because um, that that's that's gotta come from me. I'm not gonna put it on just for him. Not that he can't persuade me. Maybe he'll push me into the shower faster. But. You know, if I'm not feeling up for it, I'm not feeling up for it. And, and some men find funky sexy. Yeah, exactly. And that's okay, too. Being okay with your own funk. But, okay. you know. <laughs> we'll call, I would call it earthy. What about you both? When do you feel beautiful? You know, um, I for me, I'm very sensitive to my emotional needs, my emotional setting, my emotional well-being. And so I do little things for myself to keep my emotional state always in a place of happy and um, 
kind of like that emotional balance. And I, I think for, for my best days are when I love it when there are random acts of kindness on a daily basis. So like when, when I can feel good about myself, then I can give. So when I'm in the world, other people aren't invisible to me. So like little moments of an interaction with a cashier, you know, I can look in their eyes and I can say, thank you. Or the sandwich artist at Subway who makes my sandwich, I had a good one. It's like I can go back to him and say, that was one of the best sandwiches I've had. Thank you for that one. But it's just like gratitude. Gratitude. And I think yeah. people want to be seen. Yes. Uh, and, and when we're not okay with ourselves or we're not having a good moment or a good day, we can forget what they look like five minutes after we walk out. And so I think for me, I feel best when I feel good about me because I've given to me first, it's like that oxygen mask, then I can give back in those little ways of random acts and then I can spread a little love along the way, a little trail of it in a random way of just something basic. So that's, that's for me how I do it. Starla? I'm <laughs> just, just looking at her and thinking about it. I, I have like kind of two parts to the beauty for me, for one, beauty to me is feeling useful. I'm a Virgo, so I need to be useful. Uh, I don't know why that is, but I need to feel useful. And like I've, um, so one place I feel useful is when people break down in front of my monitor at the studio and they say, oh my God, that's me. And that's when I feel like, I feel like the, that's like one of my perfect moments mm -hmm. is when I see that. Cause, and I've seen it with men and for women. I've had men and women cry when they've seen themselves in the beautiful, beautiful light after the process. So that's that's my way of being a service too. Another way to feel beautiful is having that fantastic dress, pair of shoes, accessorize, and I'm going out to meet someone wonderful, whether a girlfriend or a hot date night with my husband. I just I'm just feeling like in my skin and uh, feeling great. You know, I feel like okay. Now I wouldn't say I'm not. I would say I'm not looking. I never worry about being beautiful because I am not like leading lady beautiful. I am more character beautiful. If we're in the movies, I would be more of a character actor, you know? So I've accepted my sort of flaws and my beauty as Starla, who I am. So I'm not out there. Like when there's a beautiful woman in the room, I want to find out where she shops. I don't need to go and compete with her because she is stunning. I've, I'm around a lot of charismatic people. So I don't feel like the need to show, be, you know, a lot of women want to be the most beautiful in the room. I don't really feel that need. Yeah, I, I really don't because that has never been my MO. I had a very beautiful mother. So I was mm -hmm. used to being around beautiful women. So that's fine with me. So that's also another way of being of service, you know, letting them, letting them have that moment. Yeah. And um, I, have, I have some aging beauty girlfriends who are just stunning too. And I love, I love just listening to their stories and having their moments. So being a friend, I mm. think, is another way for my inner beauty. I think when my heart feels full, that's when I feel the most beautiful. Yeah, I agree with that. And I, and, and I also want to add humor. Like when I make somebody laugh, like I'm not leading lady beautiful at all. You know, I, I, I look back at pictures and how uncomfortable I was at different times in my life with different parts of my body or my, my big nose and, and I would never do I, anything to my nose. It's like, this is my big beautiful nose. It's part of who I am and, and, and that's okay. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with other people who do. It's just for me, that's part of 
me becoming who I wanted to be is to be okay with it. And humor is so important. When I can make somebody laugh and make somebody's day better, like you were talking about, Sybil, like the cash, the cashier or whatever, or if it's a client, when I can help a client have that moment, sort of like you're talking about behind the monitor, of realization where they're, they're seeing something about themselves that they like or they're excited about or that they're feeling good about changes that they're making. That is very fulfilling to me and makes me feel as beautiful as I'm going to feel. Like, to me, it's like, oh, okay, that, that fills me up, like you said. Fill, but fill, you're sexy. Fill you got a little sexy going yeah, on. Sure I've got do. some sexy going on. Yes, yeah, all, all four of us have sexy going on. Sexy's hot. Yeah, well, you know, you know and sexy is mind. Sexy yeah, got, comes from the mind. You got some swag. I watched you walk through. You, 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 you're in, I think you're in your skin. It was nice. I like that. Mm-hmm. I, right? I, oh, yeah. And, and it's all you I'm, I'm the. I was actually, I was telling my husband on Wendy's shoot, and I, I actually don't think I even told you about this, but the other day when they were doing that little thing and I came in to pose for some stuff with Wendy or to do some setups, and... And Sybil dressed me, and it was very kind of off the cuff, and we haven't really talked, and we're just now, this is like our first real conversation. And I was telling my husband, I said, oh, yeah, the dress was beautiful, I loved the fabric, it was great color and everything, but uh, it's something I might wear to an event with Tom, but it's like not something I would wear to work, it's not, it's just like not me. It was like... It was Wendy, totally Wendy, and Wendy's kind of style and branding and packaging. But I'm a completely different brand and package than Wendy. We're two totally different people, even though we work together and we balance each other out. I'm like this professorial, like this aging prep punk professor, you know? It's, But I've also got this costumey edge because I grew up in the theater and I understand the power of, of clothes. And and uh, and I worked in the entertainment industry for 25 years, and my husband's in the entertainment industry. I understand it all, um, but you know, for me, it is. It's like I'm not like you were saying, Starla. I I don't expect to be the most beautiful woman in the world, and I don't want to be. I don't want all that attention either. So I've I've learned over the years. Okay, how do I want to go into a room? I think there were times when I was younger where I wanted to go in and be the loudest person in the room. Now I, now I don't care that much. Now I want to hear what other people have to say and I want to just be. I just want to be. And that's so funny because that day, really, it was like, uh, do you want her to have hair and makeup? Yeah, yeah, give her hair and makeup. And you look yeah, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. give mean, her hair like, and makeup. What kind of look do you want? Yeah. I don't know, just give her hair and makeup because I just, I thought it would be fun. Oh, and no, then, and I love And then Sybil, like, pops you in a dress. Chris, right? But it is really interesting because one of the things that Sybil does is she sits with you for a very long time and gets to know you. So this is two seconds of popping you in a dress without even, you know, right. and, oh, my God. I mean, I never saw you so glammed up. So but it was, like, so fun. Wear, I would wear that dress, though, like, to a Red carpet yeah, you look like a hot mama, but whatever. I mean, makeup you know. must have been gorgeous too. Oh, she yeah. just yeah. I know he did your makeup. Chris yeah. did your yeah. makeup. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and but yeah. again, but that's funny because not, you're right. It's so personal, yeah, and intimate, it's, and vulnerable. It's, it's, it's not. That, that's part of it too. I think aging gracefully is going to look different for everybody. What yeah. is what's it going to look for 
each of us might look differently. Yes. Uh, the other thing I just wanted to say is when we think about aging and, you know, our mothers are all modeling certain things. And sometimes my mom was a performer. And so a lot of the emphasis is what it looked like. So how you dressed and what your hair looked like and about the weight and make sure, you know, certain because that's how she was raised. She was on stage. And so it was all about for my mom what it looked like so that was her parenting that's what she knew she didn't know anything different right about the internal how are you feeling what's going you know it was more about is if, if you all look good then that means that's a good day for you so you know, part of growing up is undoing all that and so the beautiful thing as you get older is really embracing the internal world of what that feels like and that could feel like jeans and tennis shoes and your hair all messy and you could still be your beautiful bright light and as messy and, and beautiful as, as you can. But the messages that girls or even boys get from their parents is really important and that it is possible to undo that and restructure it. And there's nothing more incredible than, you know, working with Sybil and working with Starla and it's an incredible intervention and uh, for everyone that can just go and look at the results on my website and, and just see that you can really embrace change and pump up to the next level and sky's the limit. Dream journal exercise, Wendy? Dr. Wendy's dream journal. Yes, for the dream journal exercise, and you ladies might have an idea, but uh, I encourage everyone to get a dream journal. And uh, sometimes we come up with uh, different exercises. And one that I always tell my young women, but I also feel like, or any women, um, but I also feel like for men is you can't do it if you can't see it. You can't be it if you don't get concrete visuals and aspects. So I needed it for me growing up. Not that my mom wasn't loving and caring, but I needed even more so. Uh, certain aspects so I tell everyone to make your strong woman list make a list of people you know or you don't know in the media it could be a girlfriend it could be uh, a, a, a woman who works at a 7-eleven it doesn't Family matter members. little aspects um, you know I have Martha Stewart on my list not because uh, she you know she's good at trading uh, stocks and everything because she got in trouble for that but because she cooks and I'm not the best cook so I think okay well that's a nice thing to put on my list I love Oprah because she flies fluctuates and I feel like she's wonderful at talking to people um, and that she is authentic and she owns her uh, humanistic aspect um, to connect with others. So I have certain people. I love Hillary Clinton because she's really intelligent and smart. I have certain things, but I've also in life found wonderful women and I put them on my list. So for sure, Starla and Sybil will be going on my list if they're not already. I think they have been. And um, wherever you go, keep a strong woman list and, and traits. Why you look up to that, what empowers you about that, um, what inspires you about that. And uh, then the other exercise that is really helpful is writing a letter to your younger self. Or you can have your younger self write a letter to your older self. But a lot of times, you know, when you are 10 years old, you have a lot of fears or anxiety or 15. And now when you're later age, 40s and 50s, you really want to tell yourself what you know, you know, honoring all the experience and all the wonderful life lessons uh, that you've learned and to kind of calm your younger self down that it's going to be okay. And I swear it gets so much better. 
So those are two of my exercises. Mm. Anything that comes to your mind about empowerment or any kind of what, what helps, helped you? You journal a lot, Starla. I'm wondering, like, do you just freeform journal or do you kind of sit down with an intention when you journal? I journal with the, uh, in the format of the artist way, uh, Julia Cameron's book. And I use her as a guide as well because she's always there and she, that book is always available and she has several books. So I, I will journal. Um, I, I try to journal every morning three pages. That's great. So I journal and then if I have a resentment, I write it out and I call uh, a trusted friend and I will tell her what my part in that resentment is. Because yeah, I feel like you have to clear those resentments out and um, you know, work with that. Because I, I don't believe in uh, will. I think there's just some things we can't will ourselves to do. And so if I write about it and I give it to another human being, I, I think we're as sick as our secrets, as they say in the rooms that I attend. If I keep all that in, I need to bring it out to the light where it can heal. And it can be as little as something just as small or, you know, Otherwise, if my husband passes the pepper wrong, he's going to get in trouble. Yeah. You know? And it's not his fault. You know? So it gives me tolerance for the world if I'm keeping my own backyard clean. So that's what I do. Keep my own backyard clean, take my part, and then give it up to another human being and a higher source. And make, a, make an apology if I need to make an apology. That's how I work, yeah. Love it. And it shows. Just that well-being and peace of mind. And, and I think um, with Starla, just that whole journaling process same I, I follow I've journaled my whole life uh, as far back as I can remember and 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 it's what I find a combination of journaling getting things out I don't do it in a structured way I do it when I need it I used to journal every day but as I've gotten older I find that there are times I must journal something must come out and then another form of almost meditative journaling for me is I work things out on a walk it used to be a run Walking. But walking and or running, but gently, uh, I find a lot comes to the surface and things come out and then I'll run to my journal and start writing. It's like, oh, that's what was blocking me. And, and, and I find that for journaling, everything seems to be with the, with the desire for uh, peace of mind. When I hit my head on the pillow every night, I'm always seeking peace of mind. Can I fall asleep easily because something is not clogging, you know, and, and an interference of a block that is disruptive? And I find that if something's not right with me, it affects that process. I cannot fall asleep easily. So I know I'm, I'm not in balance. I don't have peace of mind. Um, I also have sought therapy during times in my life when I can't figure it out on my own. Mm -hmm. There is nothing like the gift of a trained therapist to take you through a process and lead you to the other side gently um, in a way that we all need that and, and we can't walk alone sometimes. And it's like saying, yes, I want to um, find the person that I can be comfortable with all my vulnerabilities and lead me out of this place I'm in because I can't do it alone. So those are the three ways I find writing, uh, working out the way that I need to, and it's different every time, whatever my body needs, um, and therapy have been three ways I have established a beautiful peace of mind at this age and stage that has worked for me. Beautiful. I also want to add, that is really beautiful, I also want to add as another exercise that we can try, and, and this may seem a little morbid, but I, I think 
that it's an important one is, is the obituary. Um, you know, there's a great Frasier episode where he, there's an obituary for Frasier Crane in, and, and he reads it as this guy had this fantastic life and he's like, wait a minute, I, wanted, I want that to be me. I want to have these life. So what is it at the end of your life that you want to look back at? Whether it's writing your obituary or writing, Religion. you know, what, what you would get up and say about yourself at your memorial service. Think about what it is that you want to leave behind and then work backwards from, from that because every day is an opportunity to realize these things that we want in our lives and, and this corporeal package, this package that we're all going through life in, I mean, it's going to change so many times in so many ways, but but what's inside and the feeling that we leave with other people, the relationships that we establish, the lessons that we pass on to our children and our friends and our clients, I mean, those are our gifts, not only that we were given, but that we get to give and leave behind. Because I don't know what happens after all of this. You know, I'm very existential and I'm atheistic and not as spiritual as, as everybody else in this room but what I do know for a fact is that what we leave behind is the stories that people tell about us the impressions that we made on yes. people everything else can be destroyed and is you know and it's up for question so make it count trying to figure out what that's going to be is a great thing to do in our journals well, starless, beautiful pictures are part of my legacy art. now. I mean, art. And, and yeah. Sybil's beautiful Absolutely. styling is part of my legacy and my thumbprint. It's all over now, which is a blessing. But yes, it is. What are we doing in this world? And to be authentic and, and really uh, pay attention to your heart. And like my dad always says, you know, if you do what you love, the money will come. To not worry about that part. And, and seek out those role models, you know, whether they are celebrities, you know, like people I look at and go, God, they're doing it well, like they look good. They are, you know, Helen Mirren, obviously. Um, Betty White. <laughs> Betty White. <laughs> Fuck Betty yeah, White. Betty White. Yeah, right? Man, she's yeah. like, yeah. I mean, the resurgence. She's but also, you know, there's a woman in my building, Renee, who is just kicking it, man. She's out there every morning. She does her walk. She's got I her friends. That. She's got her activities people that I want to be like you know my grandmother always had a sense of style and it was important to her and my mom and my mother-in-law I mean they are active they will not be stopped my mother-in-law decided in her 50s to take up square dancing right I think ah, it was like which is, which is great exercise and cognitive mm. it's a great cognitive exercise because <laughs> they've got to remember all the steps in the calls and they change it up and all that kind of stuff so being social, yeah, being active, it's gonna look different for everybody. So those are some of my role models. I don't know, do you have any role models? You know, for me, my clients inspire me so much. I'm amazed, the, the beautiful, strong women that come into my life and they're so interesting. Their stories of what brought them to this place at this time, because usually there's some transition some higher place they're going to and they're ready for it and I just I get so much um, from that and and it just it, it just inspires me to want to step up into my my next game too and and so 
I, I, that's far as like my, my inner circle of my world that I can really see what's behind the curtain. Because in media, you know, as we know, be all pretty on the front and then the back, oh. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think for me, the realness of hearing their truth and creating a safe space for the vulnerability and they can just share. And I just, I love what I hear. The good, and even if they call it the bad, it's still part of their story and I think it's all beautiful. So I just get a lot from that. I hear you. I hear about the good and the bad, Sybil. Uh, first of all, it's, a, it's just a light and a dark, and you can't be our light selves without our dark selves. Absolutely. And then I think that we need to embrace those um, darker times and our character flaws, and sometimes we do need a professional. And I know that personally, just um, from my own life experiences, when I've had these transitions, I have definitely hired experienced help like Dr. Wendy, because I don't think we can do it alone. I just think that's really strong. And as far as people I admire, I admire so many people that have gone before me and that continue to inspire me. I, I admire, like, I, like when I'm retouching or working on jobs, I'll put on YouTube and I'll listen to interviews that are positive. Like I listen to the Dalai Lama, uh, how he speaks globally, because yeah. everyone's always trying to pull him into controversy. And I love how he doesn't... He doesn't, he's not pulled into controversy. And on the opposite side, I think Steve Jobs was absolutely amazing, the man of controversy, who's, who one of the things that really struck me that he said is, uh, we may not be able to see ahead, we may not be future tellers, but we can look back and connect the dots and that everything we've done has led, led us to this place today. Yeah. because he said something like that. And um, you know, I do love Oprah. I love people who just are out there spreading the message. As Sybil Henry is a role model for me. I love how she is in the world. I love how she knows herself. And I aspire to find my own path alongside of her. I admire Wendy for what Wendy does. She helps teens. Yes, you know, she, she does. and I think teens are very misunderstood and they need a lot of help, especially with that hormone imbalance that's going on. And um, so I admire people who are doing what they love. And uh, as Sybil said, so many of the people that come shoot with me, I hear their stories and how they've evolved because people come to me when they're ready to up level. So they're, on, they're, they're in transition onto the next level. So I always get to hear their story. I'm like, wow, that's really fantastic. Um, we so all get I'm to witness, you know, we yeah. all yeah. get to witness change. Yeah, so We're witnessing change and witnessing change in others as they evolve, that inspires me more than anything because I believe we can change. I mean, I don't, I don't. Oh, absolutely! I, I believe any we're age. capable of changing, or just uh, evolving, or up leveling, or I, I think that our, we, everyone has a light inside of them. Sometimes we just gotta, we have to keep working on, pulling the muck off our soul so our light can shine through, and it happens in so many ways. Fluff your aura. Have you ever heard that? I love it. Back oh, in the seventies, that was a big thing. Seventies and eighties. Fluff your aura. Fluff your that aura. Yeah. That everybody that believes that you have an aura, right? And yeah. you know, beautiful colors, but sometimes it gets stagnant. So you have to there. literally fluff it. <laughs> you have to fluff <laughs> it, and then the energy like kind a of. How do yeah. you spell and aura? A U R A. A U R A. Yeah. Fluff it. I'm gonna take a note. It's great. It's awesome. So we've mentioned a lot of things today. So I will 
include in the show notes not only our beautiful guests' information, contact information, but other things that we've mentioned here. If you want to check out The Artist's Way, you want to check out Advanced Style Blog. Who was the green, the uh, diet woman, the nutritionist who did that? somebody. Eve Hart. Eve Hart. So, you know, we'll, we'll all have that all in the messy iTunes notes. And again, you can find Starla Fortunato, our photographer here, uh, on Twitter at Starla Fortunato at www.starlafortunato.com. You can find Sybil, brand style strategist, at Sybil Henry. That's her Twitter handle. Her website is www.thestyleconcierge.com. And of course, Dr. Wendy can be found at Ask Dr. Wendy on Twitter. Her website is www.doctorwendyoconnor.com, drwendyoconnor.com. And phone number? 310-712-1230. Thanks, you guys, so much for coming in and talking. We could go for like 10 years talking on the subject of aging gracefully. I mean, there's so much to talk about, and I feel like we just started. So thank you guys so much for coming in thank you thank you thank you our guardian angels inspiration uh and i really hope people contact you if nothing but just to you know start the conversation uh an email a twitter you all have really touched my lives in many ways so i'm so excited to share this information and i really hope that people contact you all Thank you. Thank you for having us here. This is so much fun, and I just love the the wonderful girl talk and and uh, and and just enjoyed the experience. Thank you. What a wonderful way to start the day. The week with you all. The week, the season. Yeah, the year. Yeah, right. The, yeah, we got year. the holidays all coming up. Yes. yes. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, everyone, and be as authentically yourself as you can possibly stand. Okay. Ten thousand hours, I'm so damn close, I can taste it. On some Malcolm Gladwell, David Bowie meets Kanye shit. This is dedication. A life lived for art has never been life wasted. Ten thousand. listening to The Relationship Show with Dr. Wendy and Miss Jenny, a casual conversation between two friends and colleagues taking serious topics not so seriously. Dr. Wendy O'Connor and Jenny J.B. Wilson see clients in private practice in Los Angeles, California, and can be found online at www.doctorwendyoconnor.com and www.jennijbwilson.com. For entertainment purposes only. Everyone's beautiful with the right light and preparation. Yes.